Hello and welcome to the SEO SAS podcast. Your hosts are Sarah McDowell, SEO specialist at LikeMind Media and also the lovely and wonderful Hannah Bryce, SEO manager at Gymshark. Why are we called SEO SAS? Good question. Well, me and Hannah love SEO. We love debating, talking and just getting our teeth stuck into meaty subjects on the on the subject. So yes, we are called SEO SES because we are your special answering service. Because we are nerds and we like the subject, we, we've created a podcast to answer common questions and questions that people have about SEO. This show is brought to you by the team at Like Mind Media. Like My Media help clients find their audience and start having conversations with them, whether that's on social media, content, or even podcasts just like this one. We're actually using their podcasting equipment right now. They're super lovely people who take time to understand your business and think like you. Thanks, Hannah. Just a note that this episode was recorded before the corona outbreak, and so that is why there is no mention of the current situation. A bit stuck to know what to say about this current situation, and I feel the only thing appropriate is to say, look after yourself, stay safe, look out for one another, follow the advice given by the professionals, and stay connected with people via phone calls, messages, virtual gaming apps. There's lots of technology out there how we can stay connected. So together we can get through this. Before we get stuck into this week's episode, I just wanted to give you a heads up about the virtual SEO pub quiz that me and Hannah are going to be hosting on Thursday the 16th of April at 8pm. Now don't worry, this pub quiz is for all levels. So no matter whether you're a beginner just dipping your toes into this wonderful world or a more advanced SEOer, each round is just going to be full of fun, silly, interesting questions. And there's going to be different categories, but each category, there's going to be a link to SEO somehow. So yes, some rounds there will be a tenuous link, but yeah, it's just about having a bit of fun testing your knowledge and yeah just just coming together as it were. If this sounds like it's up your street then we have a couple of options for you to sign up and to find out more information. So you could head on over to our Twitter profile which is SEO underscore SAS and we have pinned a tweet on top of the profile. So you can, if you go there, you'll be able to find the link and you'll find all the information and you can sign up there. You could also drop us an email, hello at seosaspodcast.com and we will reply with the information and all that lovely jazz. Or your third option is to visit bit.ly so that's b-i-t dot l-y forward slash virtual pub quiz so yes it'd be awesome if you can join us and yeah like I said just a bit of fun so yes 
let's crack on with the episode. Hello. Now, you might realise that during this episode, we are missing a voice. Yes. Unfortunately, Hannah can't be with us on this episode. However, do not fret, my friends, because when Hannah cannot come and join in on an episode, it does give me a really good opportunity to reach out to the community and, yes, ask people to get involved in the show. So... I am very pleased to announce that today we have the wonderful Andy Allen, who is the co-founder of Hike SEO, which is a platform that helps small businesses climb those rankings. And I've invited him on today to discuss common SEO mistakes made by small businesses. Hello, Andy. Hello, Sarah. How are we doing, I would say, on this fine day in the UK, but it's not very fine, is it? It's a bit miserable out there. Yeah, it's snowing this morning, but over where we are, I've got a bit of blue sky now. Oh, so have it's, you? It's perked up for this podcast. Oh, yeah. that's because I am a ray of sunshine. Mm, you break through <laughs> the clouds. <laughs> how's, how's your week been? You've recently been in Amsterdam, haven't you? Yes, yeah, um, at Amsterdam for the end of last week for a conference, so that was really good. So this week, just catching up working on on the platform speaking to customers the usual it's been a good week good week good week i'm glad to hear and it's friday tomorrow so exactly happy weeks are just zooming by and yeah i don't know i just wish time i mean i love the weekend but as soon as it reaches the weekend it's monday again and i just think that time (laughs) is just too fast it gets faster doesn't it it does exactly exactly i remember as a kid when you'd have six weeks off over summer and all my days that seemed like so long didn't it but now six weeks what i do for six weeks now (laughs) it feels like six days it would. Feel like six days. Or six hours, or you know, <laughs> a lunch time. <laughs> so, before we sort of delve into the main topic of today's podcast, let's get to know you, Andy, because okay. yes, I think that's a good place to start. So, could you give our listeners a brief overview of yourself and how you got into this industry? Sure. Um, so, about eight and a half years ago. I'd finished uni and I was just kind of mulling around trying to find um, an industry that I enjoyed and I couldn't, I was unemployed and there was a, an agency that worked fairly close to where I lived that were advertising roles for SEO consultants. And I was like, oh, what's this SEO stuff? Started to look into it and I was like, oh, that's really interesting. So um, I got an interview and got a job there. And over the next three years, I worked at that agency, basically cutting my teeth in the area of SEO. So this was an agency that looked after hundreds, maybe even thousands of small businesses for their SEO. So I'd have a portfolio of maybe 100 clients, and then my team would have the same amount themselves. So it's kind of high volume SEO. That was really, really good. Really enjoyed that. Really started to find a passion for SEO. Really enjoyed the, the, the different sides and angles of it because there's so much to it. Then from there, I then thought, oh, I've worked with SMEs. I'd like to work with bigger clients. So I went to another agency where I just looked after a couple of clients. There was Barclay Card and Sony. Um, and then I thought, right, I want to now work in-house. I want to go work for a big company, kind of global and work in-house. So I moved to Claire's Accessories, the, nice. the retail store for, for little girls. Yeah, it was a dream, dream role. So, um, <laughs> and I was their global um, SEO manager. So that was really good, learning about how 
it works internally at big companies and how much stuff you can get done or can't get done. SEO-wise was really interesting. And then left there and, and slowly moved on to where I'm at now and Type, which is a tool that co-founded. So that, that's my journey for SEO to where we are now. Lovely. So you've definitely had experience and sort of been in sort of like agency in-house working with lots of different brands. Mm -hmm. I liked your name drops there because there are some pretty big brands. So I imagine it's been very interesting for you. You've learned lots of different things along the way. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the interesting, anyone that has worked with big brands, um, you kind of think, oh, do you know what? That's where all the good stuff happens and that's where you'll get the experts. But really, it's, it's no different. If anything, it's harder to get SEO work done. It sounds glamorous. But you just go through the same issues, the same problems. You're doing the same things that you do working on a small business website as you do on an international Fortune 500 company. So it's all much for muchness, to yes. be honest. Yes. Okay, so a little bit of an out there question. But could you tell us a fact about yourself that most people don't know? Okay. Um, I married... Uh, my wife had the same surname as me before we got married. Oh, okay. So, uh, so you didn't... Yeah. So, I mean, I'm guessing you had to do a bit of digging to make sure you weren't related or anything. We, we, we did do um, a <laughs> bit of due diligence just to make sure um, any future children would be healthy. Uh, so, yeah, we, we made sure. But, yeah, that was, I think it was the first time uh, at that church they'd ever done it. So, yeah, that was interesting. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I feel now that we, we know more about you. So, obviously, we've said that you co-founded Hike. SEO. So could you give us like a 60 seconds elevator pitch about Hike SEO? Yeah, sure. Um, so we built Hike essentially for businesses who um, understand the value of Google and appearing high in the Google search results because they know their customers searching Google. But businesses who maybe can't necessarily afford to pay for an expensive SEO agency or to hire an SEO person, and, they, and also, they probably don't have the time to learn SEO themselves because it takes quite a long time. So how Hike helps is it's, it's essentially a, a personalized step-by-step -step instruction platform. So it tells you precisely for your website, for the keywords you want to rank for, it tells you exactly what you need to do on your website to become more visible in Google. And it prioritizes everything. So it doesn't matter if you've got an hour to spend on your SEO or 10 hours. It will tell you what you need to do next to get the most amount of boost for your uh, website in Google search. Mm. I did have a, because when we first started talking, I thought it'd be worthwhile to have a demo of your of your tool. And I was quite sort of like, there's lots in there. And it is really like step by step and really helpful because I feel that like any question that anyone has when they're doing SEO at a beginner level, you sort of answered. And there's just, you've got so many resources in one tool. And I, I generally do feel like it's a, a one-stop for those, small businesses who know they need to do seo but need like need help so yeah i i do i i'm an advocate for high seo <laughs> thank you that's good to hear that's good to hear yeah um yeah I, I think i think the key is just kind of making the seo data accessible like sometimes seo data can for, for people like like me and you who've been doing seo for years we know what to do with all that good seo data and all those cool data and technical data and backing data but a, a small business doesn't really know what to do with it or how to how to turn it into actions to actions to actually make a difference so that's that's what we that's what we do at hike and just really make it more actionable rather than data driven so they can really get stuck in 
So small businesses that are listening to this episode right now, go and check out Hike, Hike SEO, because it's definitely worthwhile. So obviously I said at the beginning of the podcast that we would be sort of discussing common SEO mistakes that are made by small businesses. So the first question to you is what common mistakes do beginners make when starting with SEO? So is it sort of like choosing wrong keywords, website structure, blog strategies, building links? Like what sort of common problems do you see? Yeah, I think um, I think the, the very first part of starting an SEO strategy is, is kind of choosing the keywords, right? Because that's what SEO is all about. You know, yes. you, the whole process of SEO is, is get your website higher for particular keywords. Um, but if you don't get those keywords right, and by right, I guess there's a couple of ways you can get them wrong. One, they're not really that relevant to perhaps the products or service that you offer. Or two, they're not really achievable. Uh, and I think small businesses fail on both those accounts. So they'll pick phrases that maybe are a little bit too generic, a little bit too general. Don't detail exactly what products and service that they offer aren't specific enough. Um, I think small businesses make a mistake there. I think that's probably the, the kind of the main area. And then the next one is probably choosing keywords. I've got a great search volume. You think, oh, wow, look, there's thousands of people search for this every single month. I'm going to pick this one because I've heard SEO takes, you know, a few months. But at least at the end of the few months, I'm going to rank for this keyword. It's got loads of volume. Whereas actually you're missing an important component, which is can you actually rank for that keyword? Mm. Do, you, do you have the SEO value? Do you have the SEO trust in Google's eyes, you know, built up over time to actually appear for that? You kind of need to pick your battles. And I think small businesses, unless there's something or someone to help them, they won't pick those battles right and they'll go down the wrong route. And then, you know, if you spend ages doing SEO focused on the wrong areas, it's kind of, it's not completely time wasted, but you're not going to get any results. Mm. So, yeah, I think picking keywords, probably number one. And then number two, the, the biggest one that comes to mind is, is making sure you've got the website that can house, in inverted commas, house those <laughs> keywords. Um, so we, we work with small businesses or small businesses use our platform and they're like, right, I've got, I found 50 keywords. These are all brilliant. Our customers use these and I want to rank for all of them. And then they'll have a website and it will have maybe two pages. It'll have like a homepage, which will talk about everything that they do or a services page. that talks about everything they do. And then maybe just a contact page. And it just actually doesn't really work like that. Mm. Um, you need to, they need to be more specific and have dedicated pages with dedicated content for each of the different keyword topics they want to go for. So, you know, if they offer a particular service, create a dedicated page around that service. Yes. If they offer, uh, you know, a particular product category, create a dedicated page around those because Google's going to love it then. It's going to go, well, this page is only about this topic yeah. or this product or this service rather than Google seeing a page that's about 100 different things and going, well, this isn't very relevant. I'm not going to mm. do this very so that, I think that that's one of the that's another one of the biggest things really is that getting making sure they've got the actual website to house the keywords, and that goes back almost to the web design part and you know getting that structure sorted out. Yeah, because structure because for anyone to be successful in SEO, you need a sort of solid technical sort of foundation, and mm-hmm. part of that is structure. Like structure is so so important, and I think some people forget or just don't realize and yeah and when you're sort of playing out a website you've got to plan out your pages and plan out and plan it with keywords in mind because I see it so many times where they've got a services page and they've just bullet pointed what services yeah. they offer and it's like oh that's such a wasted opportunity I know I think it's one of these things where 
a lot of SEO is quite intuitive, even though it might go in depth. It's not complicated. A lot of it's intuitive, but there's, there's a couple of things that aren't. And I almost feel like this isn't the most intuitive uh, thing. People think like, oh, if I want to rank for, I mean, so cannibalization is another big thing, right? Yes. People, small businesses we work with, they're like, okay, I provide accountancy services or I do this line of clothing. So if I want to rank high in Google, surely I just have to mention this keyword everywhere. Like this keyword needs to be mentioned on every page of my website. You know, I need to plaster it everywhere because Google will then know that I'm an expert in this area and I'll rank high. And it's like, I have to go, uh-uh. <laughs> uh, it doesn't work like that because essentially what you're doing there is you're going, hey, Google, you know, when someone searches this keyword, you know, come to my website and pick one of these 10 pages, Google's going to go, oh, which one should I pick? Should yeah. I pick homepage? Should I pick the services page? Should I pick the product page? Like, I don't know which one it is. And then Google gets a little bit, it's diluting your authority across multiple pages instead of there just being this really one strong page for this one keyword you want to do. And then that having the best chance of ranking Google going, that's the page, pushing it to the top, it gets a little bit muddled. And because of that, you just don't rank as well. So yeah, yeah I think that bit, that bit can be like a little bit non-intuitive. And I think that's, that's why some people get muddled up on that bit for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Which is why we're here to help, right? As SEO experts. <laughs> well, you'd hope, that's what I hope that I'm helping clients and <laughs> rather yeah. than confusing. Cool. So obviously we've uh, talked about keyword research and it can be daunting for someone who's doing this for the first time because mm. like, where do you start? How do you, how do you identify keywords? How do you, so how yeah where do you start what what would you suggest to someone who was starting keyword research and they're doing it for the first time i guess to, to take a step some people just get stuck in they're like oh, okay right let me just chuck a phrase into here and i'll rank for that sometimes it's good just to take a step back and think about the sales funnel that yes. your customer will likely go through before they make a purchase so let's say for example i'm buying a tv so do you um, need a new tv uh, I bought one recently. It must, yeah, <laughs> I bought one recently. So it must have been that. Maybe subconsciously, I'm not happy with the TV. Maybe it's your subconscious. <laughs> yeah, Freudian. <laughs> so I'm probably going to go to Google first. I'm going to do a bit of research. I'm probably going to go like, okay, what are the best TVs under 500 pounds, or you know, what are the the best TVs in 2020? Something like that, right? And that's yeah. where I'm going to start. And then from that, I'm probably going to go. Oh, look, um, Samsung TVs are really, really good. So I'm going to go back to Google. And I'm going to do a search for Samsung TVs. And then I'm going to look through maybe a website, a popular electronic store website, and I'm going to look through the different uh, Samsung TVs. And I'm going to go, all right, this model here, the XKQ47LD or whatever, that's the one I really want. And then I'm going to go back to Google, most likely, and I'm going to search just for that product. And then at that point, I'm going to find the website I want, and I'm going to buy. And that's going to be my journey. That's going to be how I've, I've gone from being right at the top of the funnel, right to the bottom of the funnel, the different searches that I'm going to use. And, you know, ultimately, if I'm, a, if I'm a retailer and I'm selling TVs and I want to sell to me, I want to appear across that whole journey, right? You know, I want to appear at that point where they're just doing their initial research. You know, if they visit my website, I can then retarget them, you know, across other channels. And they know me. So then when they search, you know, Samsung TVs and they see me because I've optimized a category page for that, then I can appear for that. And then I can optimize a product page for when someone searches for a specific product. So that, I, I try to advise people, if they can, just to take a step back before they start the keyword research and just start to think about what do my consumers, what's the thought process they go when they want to buy a product or service that I'm offering? 
Mm. And I think because lots of people, and it's not just SEO, it's marketing as well, but they do forget about the funnel and they do forget about the sort of customer journey. And it is sort of like, so when when you're coming up with an SEO strategy or an overall digital marketing strategy, I would always recommend that like you look at the customer journey and you look at that funnel and you identify keywords, but also methods which are going to work at each point. Because obviously with keywords, so relating it to SEO, you have the intent behind keywords. So there's educational keywords, there's keywords where people are going to buy, there's keywords where people are doing reviews sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's being savvy and sort of understanding, yeah, and, you, and you're not going to dominate all the keywords. I mean, you'd love to, but... I would always like recommend prioritizing. So what's most important to you right now? Where are your quick wins? What do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I think because SEO is is a, a longer process of, you know, building up that authority uh, and traffic over time, quick wins are a massive help, you know. If if you know that okay, people will probably search via a product category before going to a product or they'll search this and you know, actually looking at my keywords where I rank at the minute, I'm on page two, page three for this, then I should go for that. Or, or even, you know, the top of the funnel stuff's great, but you're probably not going to get a sale for quite a long time because that, that where that customer is, there's a long way to go before they actually make a sale. And if you're kind of like, well, we need to make a sale sooner, then you really want to be focusing on, you know, the more transactional intent keywords. And you might go, well, actually our opportunity there, because, you know, some of these category-based keywords are like really competitive, Maybe I'll just start focusing on real niche keywords that might be mm. products or like really long tail variants of the services that you provide because they're going to be quicker wins um, and get you in. You know, I'd rather be on page one for a keyword where the volume's low than on page 10 for a keyword where the volume's high. Like it's a no brainer <laughs> for me anyway. <laughs> and I, I feel like we could just sort of talk about keywords for the rest of this. this <laughs> do you know what I mean? There's, there's lots of ways to think about it and lots of things to talk about. But like I said, this episode is all about the common SEO mistakes. So we're going to try and cover lots of different areas. So let's move on to link building then. So obviously with link building and backlinks, so external links pointed to your website is very important because that is a vote basically. So search engines like Google will see backlinks and link as a vote for your website. Would you agree? Is that a best way of thought of thinking about that? Yeah, or? yeah, absolutely. I think analogies and SEO are a great way to, I mean, um, to get a point across. I mean, absolutely. Hannah is the queen of analogies. We've named it analogies <laughs> just because she's Amazing. flipping phenomenon. But anyway, <laughs> so are there any sort of quick wins here with link building? Because there might, there'll be lots of people who are starting from scratch here do you know what I mean and they're like Mm. where do I even start I've got none what do I do so yeah is there any quick wins or what would you recommend doing yeah yeah so I think I think the quick wins is probably maximizing the relationships you've already got so uh, let's say that you provide a product or um, yeah so say you provide the product and you've got manufacturers or uh, suppliers who supply to you, a lot of those sites will often have um, will have a list of pages where they can buy their products. So then you could be listed on there, right? 
um, or manufacturers that you work with, often those manufacturer websites will have like a, a list of places where you could buy their products and then you could be listed on there. That could be a quick one. If you've got, if you've had press coverage, you know, local press coverage, national press coverage, you've worked with journalists before, you've been featured online, um, you want to review those features and make sure that have you actually been backlinked? Backlinked? Yeah. Have they linked back to you? Because that's an opportunity for you. Local customers. So, you know, if you're focusing on visibility, you know, locally or regionally, because that's where your customers are, then you can look at, you know, industry specific or local specific directories, um, which often can backlink to you. You get citations through there as well, which you can kind of understand them, I guess, as a form of local link building. One of another great way is looking at your competition and going, okay, right. So, Here's my competitors. Where have they got backlinks from? And it's really, really simple, but you just steal there, steal mm. where they're getting their backlinks from. And, and, and kind of a good way to do that is to look first at where the two or more of your competitors have a backlink and you don't. Because then you're really specifying it down to, to websites that link to people in your industry or in your niche, but they haven't linked to you. You're like, well, it's, you know, reach out to them. Journalist outreach. So that's um, a big thing that we focus on within our platform. Journalists are always, always in every industry looking for information to help them write articles because journalists have to write about so many different topics and they're not experts in all of them. So when they have to write in a particular niche, they need help. So they'll post online and they'll go, look, I need support writing about an article in this industry. And the great thing is there's like a currency there in terms of if you help them and they use your comment within their article, you can get a backlink. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's, that's really powerful. I mean, we've had we've had small business on our platform like get links on forbes.com awesome just because they post they, they respond to these journalists who are in need of help and the journalists are like all right great you provided this i'll give you a link back so yeah it's 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 a great thing and i think that's probably underutilized yeah so there's um, lo- lots of opportunities out there it's just knowing yeah. where to look yeah knowing where to look and, and prioritizing what's going to be get your best return on your time investment yeah that's where I, i'd probably probably say the quick wins are Awesome. Okay. So another key area then is blogs and content, because I imagine there's a lot of sort of common mistakes that people make when it comes to content. So could you give us like five recommendations or like five common mistakes that people make when it comes to their content? So first off, not blogging enough. Um, You'll see a lot of small business websites where they set up a blog and then they've got one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With, all, with the best will in the world of going, I'm going to write blogs all the time. And then they just write one. And there's nothing worse than lands on the website where the blog's just empty. Or you've got a blog from 2015 in there and that's it. The launch of the website. <laughs> They've not blogged since. Secondly, when they only blog about themselves, it's a little bit overly promotional. That's a bit of a killer. Um, it, looks, it looks spammy. And also it's not utilizing potential SEO. So I guess mm. that leads on to the next one not thinking you know we talked about top of the funnel stuff not thinking about what what content their customers would find valuable and you know you need to, like you mentioned at the beginning it's great to think of it in terms of the greater marketing mix you know you might not convert someone immediately if they if they land on your website around a piece of a blog content that's that that's drove traffic there and it's just, you know around something really high level but, you know, you can retarget them. You can get an email list. You can retarget them via social media, retar- um, remarketing. So that's something that they're not thinking about. They're not thinking about how the blog, because blogs just allow you to optimize for different keywords. You just can't optimize anywhere else on your website. You know, you can't optimize for a, a question on a product page or a services page. So it's a really good opportunity. Probably not writing enough. 
Um, there's been loads of studies now where, you know, the length of a blog, the length of a piece of content pretty much correlates directly with, you know, how high it ranks, mm. especially, you know, in a lot of different areas, maybe not everything, but typically it's a good rule of thumb to work to. The more content you create, the better it's going to be. Well, the more content, the more likely you are going to be answering the user's intent. Yeah, yeah, I, I, absolutely. And, and answering Google's yes. um, requirements, right? They want you to mention lots of different related keywords to show that you're a, you're an expert. And if you write more, you just will naturally write those keywords and add them in and yeah. be the authority that Google wants. Maybe not, uh, I guess the fifth one, not using them enough to support their existing products and services. So, you know, there's um, the idea, I guess, of like HubSpot, like the, the content pillars, and how supporting blog posts can really help you rank for a bigger keyword because you're writing about lots of related content um, to really support how Google thinks you're an expert in that subject. So if you're trying to rank for a particular keyword and you've got these four blog posts that talk about four more niche areas in that topic and they all interlink, then Google's going to see it as, I guess, a complete ecosystem go, wow, these guys really know a lot about this subject. Mm. Boom, page one. <laughs> well, you Winning. Know yeah, it helps you. Yeah, it helps your ranking. So, yeah, I think they're they're my five. Awesome, lovely. So, looking at the time, I reckon we've got. I I always do this, and I always plan more questions than we've actually got time for. I don't know about you, but I'm always like, I always underestimate time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that any enemy of mine, time. Um, yeah, I do as well. <laughs> so I'm gonna yeah I've picked out because obviously there's a lot more questions but I've picked out some of the more well I deem more important or more interesting f- for right now so would you say that startups and small businesses can realistically compete in a competitive market it depends it depends um I guess what you mean by compete um, I suppose mean- I suppose yes, I if Sorry. So if they are in a competitive market, so if what they're selling, let's say, I don't know, off the top of my head, like gym wear or sports leggings, you know what I mean? That's a fairly competitive industry. So how, how do people compete that are smaller? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd argue that SEO is probably the channel where you can compete the most. Like um, it. If, you look at, if you're looking at any kind of paid channel, you're not going to beat the budgets of the big guys. You're just not. Anything that's a, a pay-per-click model, they're going to outbid you. So unless you've got the budgets that they have, you're not going to be able to compete. SEO gives you that opportunity because it's not a pay-per-click model. It's the quality of the content. It's, it's the quality of your website. It's the quality of your SEO. Bigger brands do have an advantage because they're going to have a bigger reach. They probably have a bigger backlink profile. But if you can become specialized, you know, focus on maybe um, specific... I mean, this is a general bit of advice for startups and small businesses anyway you know become niche become specialized in a particular area before working your way out um, and if you can focus on those areas then the competition is going to be lower you know the longer the tail of the keyword the, the lower the competition you know the big guy's going to go after the big generic keywords umbrella keywords you can go over those more specific mm. short longer tail phrases which are going to have a higher conversion anyway yeah i'm just going to say that because obviously the more targeted and the more niche you get the more likely, yeah, the conversions are going to happen, aren't they? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, yeah, I, I, yeah I'd say that I mean, it's crazy percentage, isn't it? Where, like, is it half of all Google searches are brand new all the time? It's something daft like that because yeah. it's like people don't always search the same way, do they? 
Exactly. And there's always new things popping mm. up. And yeah, exactly. People will search in different ways. I mean, that's 50% new keywords every single day that, you know, your big competitors not optimizing for. They're not answering. They're not ranking for. You know, you can start to go for that. You've got this opportunity every single day of, of these new phrases that your competition haven't started yet to optimize for. So, yeah, yeah I think I think SEO is probably your best opportunity. Awesome. Cool. And I suppose also with the sort of longer tail, more specific, like, well, more search terms, wouldn't it, and topics and stuff, don't mm-hmm. get hung up on search volume on that because mm-hmm. because because like what we're saying keywords are coming up left right and center or people are searching in different ways there's not going to be the data on that yet but don't be put so off true. i suppose yeah i think do you know what this is this is one of the, i think this is one of the things that's really misunderstood in a way like search volume i mean search volume data comes from from adwords and it's an adwords measure so it comes from impressions and if there's no if there's no ad impressions for them to measure because it's a new keyword or people haven't placed ads, they're not going to have that impression data. Yeah. And then we're not going to be able to use that for our SEO keyword data. Clickstream data is unfortunately dead uh, because of what happened recently. So we have to rely on Google Google keyword plan data, but that's only based on impressions. So if it's new, like you say, if it's new or no one's bid on it, there's going to be zero data available. That doesn't mean no one's searching for it. It just means we haven't got the data as SEO community just yet. I don't know if you use, because um, one of the, obviously, when it comes to SEO and like keyword research, it's always good to use lots of different tools, isn't it? So I use Answer the Public, and I know that oh, they yeah, intentionally that, yeah. don't put um, volumes and searches on because that's not the point. Yeah, although but, there is a way around that. Oh. <laughs> there's, a, there's a great plugin called Keywords Everywhere. Right. Yes, I, I use that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that will aug- augment. Yeah. The search volumes on top which is actually really handy it used to be free you have to pay for it now damn it um, why do they why do they do that i <laughs> know oh, what kind of business model makes it i know <laughs> um right so i think we've already touched on this one then because yeah because we sort of said about like fault search volume stuff but is there is there another common seo myth that people sort of believe so search volume is a good one that's um, what I was thinking. My, my one's gonna, I mean, my one's gonna be a little bit more, a little bit more general in terms of, and it, it is, is more related to the industry that I'm in. But if you want to get started in SEO, you don't need to be an expert. I feel that like there's this, there's this thing in the SEO industry, and it used to exist a lot, and I don't think it exists as much anymore. But I think still some SEOs play upon it, which is that SEO is this dark arts, it's this kind of like smoke and mirrors. Like, no, they don't really tell, you know, SEO company doesn't really tell you what they're doing. They just say they'll get you to the top. And, you know, you, they're, they're probably just tricking Google, you know, in some way. They're finding a way to game it. SEO is about gaming the algorithm. It's just not the case anymore. You know, you can't do that. Google's too smart for that now. You know, it, it learned the majority, if not all the ways in which people can gain it. Um, and it's just factored those or it's reduced the importance of those, of those ranking factors. And it's not... It's not smoke and mirrors. It's process driven. It's very simple. It's data driven. And um, there's a lot of variables to it. But you know, we don't need a PhD to do SEO. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've been SEO a long time. There's not many PhDs doing it. Um, so it, it's not this kind of unreachable goal. You can't learn it. There's too much to it. It's quite simple. It just, it, you just you just need to learn the steps. And it's practice. Yeah. Practice makes perfect, guys. What can we say? Yeah, practice and research. (laughs) Practice and research. So I think we've sort of summed summed it up there. But if there was one important thing that you want people to take away from today's episode, what would that be? 
but you can do your own SEO. Yes, uh, you but, can. Yeah, I mean, experts will help you get to the top. If you just want to get started, you just want to, you know, you think there's an opportunity if you're a small business, you can do it yourself. There's so many resources online. There's obviously Hike, but there's other things that you can use um, to give it a go um, and get started. Don't feel scared or off put by SEO. It is accessible yes. to everyone now. And what are, the SEO community is so blooming helpful as well. There's mm. so many times where I have a question or I, or I want to run past some things do you know what I mean like an idea or what's best practice on this the SEO community is so generous and they will like tell their experience or what they found and especially on Twitter Twitter and LinkedIn that's where I go to but the SEO community is very supportive so yeah don't be scared people (laughs) (laughs) okay so three more questions and then we'll get on to the future Three people to follow on either LinkedIn or Twitter right now. Yeah, I was hoping you weren't going to ask me this one. Oh. <laughs> you could I, say SEO I'm SAS. I am not an avid. SEO SAS, obviously, <laughs> number one. Hike SEO, number two. There we go. Um, <laughs> and then Elon Musk, number three. Sorted. Uh, <laughs> yeah, entertainment value. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so, obviously one of your favorite tools is going to be yourself hike seo but any any other favorite tool yeah you mentioned one before answer the public love that tool yeah good one. Um, keywords everywhere which is a tool i mentioned before but it's gone paid there is a free alternative called keyword server that i've started using awesome so that's kind of it it's not quite as in-depth as keywords everywhere but it gives you um it gives you still data for free so that's really nice and then probably just the classic screaming frog right I mean, yes, an audit. Yeah, and I love how techy. You know, when you've got Screaming Frog running in the background, someone walks past your screen, and you're like, "Hey, I look a bit techy, (laughs) don't I?" Yeah, yeah, and your computer's running at like a million miles an hour. You hear the fan going. Like it's taken off. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I, I came across a tool similar to Answer the Public. You may have already heard about it, but also asked. No, I've not heard of it. Check this. that out. So, um, so, so it's sort of similar. It's still in its like beta, beta, beta. Did you say beta? Yep. yep. But what they do is it's like more like it's a real visual. So it like categorizes on visual sort of thing. I mean, mm. I'm being pants here explaining, but check <laughs> <laughs> check out also ask because that's a good one to like have a play around with. Oh, I've, I've, yeah, I've just done it. It does like a kind of like mind map type thing, doesn't it? There we go. Yes. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. There you go. There's my gift to you. Okay. Do you have a question for little old me? Yeah. Um, You're not going to put me on the spot here, are you? No, no. <laughs> um, what do you, what's your least favorite part of SEO? What do you enjoy the least? Oh, the least favorite part of SEO is people not understanding what you're trying to do and therefore creating obstacles or saying no. Mm. Like, can you give me an example? Oh, I don't know. Like, say you've identified, say you've done like a review or an audit of a website and you've identified some quick wins or like some technical, like there's something awful um, that's happened in the structure or Google finds it hard to access or I don't know, there's a big sort of error and you're trying to explain why it's important for this to be fixed or Mm -hmm. why time budget or resources need to be put in Mm -hmm. and as much as you try and explain 
I mean, maybe I need to get better explaining myself, but yeah, it's the red tape and the obstacles. Yeah. That and then and then later on, so a couple of months down the line, something happens to their website. <laughs> like there's a drop in traffic, so. and <laughs> and it's like, well, I did try and tell you. So, like for example, um, you know, one of the latest, you know, eat. Yes. Yeah. So obviously, like before that was sort of rolled out, I'd have so many conversations with businesses like, what's the point of an about us page? We don't need one. No one looks at it. And you try and explain, well, yes, because you need to sort of show to Google that you're an actual business, that you, yeah. you've got integrity, that you know what you're talking about, that you actually exist. And then they're like, oh, no, we'll focus on this instead. And then and then, yeah. And then this update comes around and then boom lost their rankings i don't know maybe yeah. it's just the frustration of trying to get my point across and people understanding why it's important and then not yeah i think um having worked both agency side and in-house you do realize agency you, you kind of just hope that they'll just do everything you're the expert right and they're paying you um but then in-house there's just all these other roadblocks and obstacles and meetings you've got to have and then you know there's priorities and you can't get this done and you can't get this page it needs to be designed by someone but someone's on holiday and then <laughs> yeah. it's yeah it's, it's it can be frustrating yeah um, so i don't know what the solution is but yeah no I red like tape SEO as well. no, no obstacles tape, yeah just do everything your seo person tells you to do. <laughs> yeah. no questions <laughs> <Yeah>. asked <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. All right. So are you time for the, are you time? I'll try that again. Are you time? Are you time? I mean, that's a question in itself. (laughs) Are you ready for this week's feature? Yes. Okay. So because you guys are called hike. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've got like a higher or lower, but with the mountains of the British Isle by height, because you hike up them, don't you? Yeah. It's good. I like this. Right. So, up for grabs are two points on each of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I should have really worked out. 14, 16, 18. Okay. So up for grabs is 20 points. Okay. Are we ready? Yep. So we're starting off with, actually, no, up for grabs is 19 points because I've got to start with the starter. Sorry, I'm, I'm blabbing here. I am the worst <laughs> question master in the world. Right, so we're starting off with Ben Nevis. Mm-hmm. Where in the world is Ben Nevis? Where is it? Yeah. In Scotland. Scotland. Well done. Okay, so I'll give you the height of this. So Ben Nevis is 1,345 metres. Okay. One, three, four, five. Okay. One, three, four, five. Scarfell Pike, mm-hmm. is that higher or lower? Lower. Yes. And where is where is that mountain? Ooh. Well, it's an eight-hour drive from Ben Nevis. Tell you that much. Um, so is it? So your options are. Is it Yorkshire? No, is it Yorkshire? Well, I was. I don't know exactly, exactly where. It, so what I mean is it either Scotland, England, Wales, oh, England. or Ireland. Okay, yeah, yes, England. England. There we go. Okay, next on the list is Snowdon. Wales. Lower. <laughs> what you're saying? Snowdon is lower than Scaffold Park. Mm, that's just a good question. It's it's less difficult to climb. Uh, is it lower? 
Oh, that's a really good question. I'm going to say it's actually higher based on your response. Oh, I should have. Oh, my. Yes, I gave that to you, didn't I? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Bear with me because this is a hard one to pronounce. Karen Tuwill. Okay, it's in Wales. <laughs> no, it's in Ireland. Oh, no. Okay. So, it's Karen Tuwill. Can you it- use the accent of the country it's in? <laughs> Top of the morning to you. Come to <laughs> Karen Tuwill. <laughs> Irish. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. Is uh, are we saying that? I'm not saying it again. Is higher or lower than Snowden? No idea. I'm gonna go higher. No, the answer I was looking for was lower. I do apologise, Andy. Great Dodd. Great Dodd. Where's that? England? It is. And is it higher or lower than Karen Tuwill? Lower. Yes. You're quite good at your mountains, aren't you? I've climbed a few of these. <laughs> is that what? <laughs> well, yes. Uh, was that before or after you founded uh, High SEO? <laughs> I think it was after. <laughs> yeah, I think it was after. Kirk Fell. Higher or lower? Kirk Fell. Um, higher. No. Unfortunately, we wanted lower. Okay. And where is it? Kirk sounds Scottish to me, so I'm going to go Scotland. Unfortunately, uh-uh, England. England, okay. I had a bit too much fun saying that, didn't I? Uh-uh. <laughs> uh, Kinder Scout. Is that higher or lower? Higher. No, it's lower. Every single one's been lower. When are we going to buck the trend? Okay. Uh, so where is Kinder Scout? Scotland. No, it's in England. Oh, no, doing terribly. Fun fact, Hannah had her wedding photos on top of Kinder Scout. Cool. Yeah. Right. This one is either pronounced main, Mangerton or Mangerton. 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 That's, yeah. <laughs> is that is that higher or lower? Uh, well, everyone's been lower so far, so I'm going to carry on the trend to go lower. Oh, it's higher. Oh no. Oh. <laughs> and where where is Mangerton? Mangerton. I've got issues here, haven't I? Scotland. Island. Island. Okay. Oh gosh. Okay. Can Gorm? Uh, what are we saying? Higher or lower? Higher. Yes, it is higher. And where in the world? Wales. Scotland is what I was wanting. Okay, last one. I've got to get my teeth in for this one. Carneth Llewellyn. (laughs) Carneth Llewellyn. Um, I think that's higher. Oh, no, we wanted lower. Uh, It's in Wales. It is. It really I was very happy for you there. Right, (laughs) drum roll. Hang on. I mean, my microphone is falling, so I couldn't really do that. Anyway, so you have got 10 out of 19 points. Okay. How's that compare? Well, 50%. So (laughs) I've done a lot worse in quizzes. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. I'm happy with that then. But yes. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, you started off strong. Yeah, you did all the popular ones at first and then... 
There we the, go. The, the least popular ones. Good I quiz, though. Good quiz. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, part of the fun of the SEOSAS podcast is the weird and wonderful features that we that we come up with. So we are starting to run out of feature, um, well, <laughs> more sort of forfeit I- like ideas. So what we used to do is every feature we'd have a forfeit, but we can't, we've kind of like, you know, when you hit writer's block and we've sort of like, yeah. We can't think of any good forfeits at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I'll, I'll, I'll skip the forfeit. You, you skip the forfeit. Okay. Yeah, I mean, what I'd say is as your forfeit, pick the highest mountain. So out of that list, I'm just trying to look now. Um, it might be Ken Gorm. No, no. Ben Nevis. Is Ben Nevis the tallest one? It's the tallest one in England, Scotland. And Wales, there we go. Yeah. You have to do that in your day. Is that possible? Can you do in a day? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's terrible. In two hours. That's that's pushing it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only forfeit that I can think about. Um, But yes. Okay. Okay. Well, um, unfortunately, time flies. But that is the end of this week's SEO SAS podcast. Cool. Thank you for having me. Have you had fun? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, awesome. enjoyed it. Well, I definitely think our listeners would have got a lot of value from you because, yeah, you've, you've given some great insights, great advice. And I just had a good, I've had a good time just discussing different areas and, and bits with you. So if people want to find you or hike SEO or what you're up to, um, what, where are you and what, what, and are you doing anything? Is anything coming up? <laughs> yeah, so we, um, we're at hikeseo.co. That's our website. Um, we have a Facebook group um, that's open to everyone called Hike SEO for Startups that you can join. That's completely free to join. And we post lots of we post daily tips and tricks for small businesses. We have one for agencies. Uh, so if you're an agency, we have Hike SEO for agencies. You can join that. We're on Twitter, Hike underscore SEO. Um, yeah, I think that's the main places. Awesome. Cool. This is where I've got to remember all where we are. So the podcast is on Twitter, SEO underscore SAS. Me and Hannah are both on Twitter, Sarah McDuck and SEO SAS Hannah. We're both on LinkedIn. We do have an email address. So if you can think of some features or forfeits, or if you just want to get in touch or want to talk about speaking and coming on, that is hello at SEO SAS podcast.com. Oh, if you think we're worth it, give us a review, pretty please. The more reviews that we get, the more chance people get of seeing this podcast. So, yes, I believe that's all the admin on my side. You've done your admin, Andy. I think we've just got to say goodbye. Cool. Goodbye. (laughs) Until next time.